Um, hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Inspired with your hosts, Allie and Ella. We are both such big fans and so honored to have him on our podcast. Today, we have the one and only Jay Prehistoric. You need need no introduction, but just in case some of our listeners have been living under a rock, could you tell us, in your words from the legend himself, who is Jay Prehistoric? Well, really, I'm just a normal old guy that has a whole bunch of followers on a bunch of platforms. I like reptiles, animals, and people, and the animals are a great place for me to join a lot of people and and, uh, understanding the animals need protecting and enjoying them. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I know that nobody is just an overnight success. Could you tell us about your journey to where you are now? My, I'm sorry, my what? Your like journey to where you are now. Uh, I don't quite understand exactly what you mean. Okay, no problem. So before, so now you're definitely a huge influencer along with doing what you do with reptiles. And it took a lot to get to where you are. Oh right? my gosh. It took, I was, I always liked to kid around and say I was young and good looking when I started. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to tell us from the beginning what it took and what you did before to get to where you are now. Yeah. So, so basically I was actually, uh, I kind of started kind of a little bit of a disadvantage. I was first adopted and then my adopted mom and dad, uh, Basically, my mom passed away when I was four, and my adopted father ended up uh, kind of becoming an alcoholic, ended up drinking himself to death when I was 14. So, had a lot of learning disabilities on top of all that, but somehow, you know, finding something that I was passionate about and I loved got me to kind of where I got. I, I actually was a commercial fisherman. For 10 years because that was something I really enjoyed and uh, so I became a fisherman did pretty well made enough money to buy a small pet store got married and I just always had big dreams and one dream lead to the next dream to the bigger dreams and and at one point I needed to get into social media uh, for kind of political reasons honestly and uh, that kind of got done but meanwhile, I kept grinding away at the social media and all the amazing animals I get to work with and people I get to meet and I get to fly all over the world and do all kinds of crazy things. So I, I kid around and I, I don't really kid around, but I say I'm living the dream to go from an orphan to, you know, hanging out with a prince or yes. people coming to see a, my zoo. You know, I have a small zoo that I created. It's called the Reptile Zoo in Fountain Valley, California. And... It- incredible i got to see it and it was de- by far one of the coolest things i've ever seen All well it's kind animals. of like it's it's kind of like a personal homemade little zoo that is full of animals that i love that are reptiles mostly because it's an inside zoo that are awesome people enjoy and somehow between me and my daughter we put together everything from snapchat to tiktoks to to uh, Facebooks, to Instagrams, and have managed to get 15, excuse me, I don't know what I was talking about, 52 million followers and growing. 
And wow. so wow. it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's not kind of crazy, it's really. 52 Amazing. million followers at my age is like really rare to, <laughs> to pull that off. And uh, I think I, I have about 35 of them and the rest are my daughters. So it's just <laughs> incredible that we have that many people following us. And we're, you know, we like to do what we're doing. And, and you know, I have three daughters and uh, I'm, they're all awesome. Two of them have worked with me most of my life, most of their life. <laughs> and uh, so we all are animal people. We all enjoy what we're doing and we love sharing what we love. I mean, so it's just an, a big adventure for me. And uh, it's, it's a, it's crazy. This, the, it's literally living the dream. I never could have fantasized that, you know, last week I had Sylvester Stallone and, and Frank Stallone visit me in the zoo and his daughters I had you know I mean I'm working with David Blaine on a on a big project that he's doing in Las Vegas a big show uh I get to do some amazing things and meet incredible people yes and it definitely was not easy and these animals are not little reptiles these are like <laughs> alligators and um huge snakes yes yeah we have big we have we have giant snakes, 23 feet, about as big as the biggest ones in the world. We've actually had the world record biggest albino in Guinness Book uh, like 10 years ago. We just actually sent one to Abu Dhabi Aquarium that we believe is the largest living snake on earth. And I think they're getting it said in the books right now. And it's beautiful, brand new aquarium in Abu Dhabi that we were able to work with. Like I said, literally, I get to travel the world. I just, I sometimes can't believe how difficult it was to get here, but I can't tell you how much not giving up paid off and believing in, believing in what's inside of you is probably the most powerful thing on earth. You just have to really move forward on that. And sometimes that's difficult, scary, almost never easy. I say it sometimes, but... I talked to a lot of people that are famous and it's shocking how many of them went through pretty tough times to get where they got. Yeah. And I think people have a tendency of thinking you just did it by luck or lottery or your parents are rich or, you know, and it just isn't that way. It is, you know, it really is just believing in yourself. Uh, you know, you ever heard Snoop Dogg, that sound in Snoop Dogg? First of all, I want to thank me for believing in me. And yeah. you know, it's kind of sounds funny, but it's really, if you don't believe in yourself, you can't do it because at the end of the day, you're the only one that's got to believe in yourself. The rest of the people, a lot of them are going to tell you, you can't do things. You're not, you know, for me, I was told my whole life, you know, I would basically, I couldn't read it right very well. So what was I going to become? You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't a lot of things, you know what I mean? I, I had a lot of, big holes but to offset every one of those things i wasn't i was something special in other ways and it's hard for people to find that when you're, young, yeah. you, when you're young you listen to all the people and you just let them influence you in ways that you should never let them influence you but luckily one of the things i was different about was people didn't make me feel less they made me angry that they thought i couldn't do it and so Deep down inside, some of my worst qualities became my strengths. Yeah. And I just had to learn 
I learned how, how to learn to take those that energy and redirect it into being able to complete things and do things. And and uh, I used to always, when I was young, I used to not even believe in the word can't. And then, you know, halfway through my life when everything was terrible, I started to feel that word was real. And I was, and then one day I just started realizing more and more, I just got to keep going. I can't stop. I don't even know how to stop. I've never learned how to give up. So I ain't going to learn now. <laughs> so <laughs> I've literally probably almost lost my business like five major times. It took some crazy miracle, literally, to keep me from losing my business. And uh, so the way is, the journey has never been easy. Not even my, I, I got to say, probably the only two people that, completely believed in my journey was two of my daughters and they were willing to die next to me to help me get there despite the fact that it looked ridiculous <laughs> but my, you know i love my wife but you know at times she could not see that we would make it and uh but we somehow always made it <laughs> and you know i'd like to tell you i mean we did you know we we had really when i look back some of those tough times were part of the fun of the whole thing really i mean yeah. you know it's kind of like it helps you, you know go ahead it helps you appreciate what you've made for yourself and what you've even, even more than that it helps you believe that the, when the next war comes all of a sudden you feel like you know what if i made it through the last thing why can't i make it through the next one yeah and when it get and then when the one that comes so big that it seems impossible You've learned a couple lessons on the way, like, okay, it is impossible, but if you just do the parts that you can and let the impossible parts be the last thing you do, that by the time the impossible parts come, one of two things happen. You found a way through them, or the impossible things were never the thing that was holding you back, and they just disappeared by uh, literally, like, by they just ended up not being what you, your biggest fears are sometimes completely never realized even when they're presented to you the other things work out the big problems and you don't even know they work out so yeah that was very well said yes so before you started doing what you do now you were a commercial fisherman right correct and i built my own boat if you can imagine this i built my own boat at at basically 15 years old and Started my own business at 15 with it. And uh, the crazy part about it is, by the time I was 16, I was in a full page article in National Geographics. Which wow. Is just like that today is like, you know, the front of CNN or something on the, you know, CNN News beyond. I mean, it's just yeah. it's even bigger in a way because it was one of the only internationally printed magazines that was considered like the big deal. So I've had a really, really, as much as I could talk about, like being literally beaten as a child, like all kinds of bad things. I've had so many things in my life that were so substantially amazingly amazing that happened to me that I, I will tell you that no matter how bad the past was, I, I, I realize now that I would never want to go back to redo a redo because I realized that all that pain and all those things that happened to me in my life 
are were building blocks to make me who I am today. And I not that I think I'm somebody great, but I feel like I'm a great version of me. You are <laughs> someone great. Yes. Um, but okay. So what made you decide to kind of change your career path into doing what you do now? Because I know you still fish, but you, that's not your career anymore. And you actually caught the Alaska record. I know we talked about that. I, really cool yeah, that's kind of, Crunner was a crazy thing. I was in Alaska and caught yeah. literally the largest, the largest, uh, it's a shark. It's a common shark in Alaska called a salmon shark. And uh, we ended up just, I ended up catching the biggest salmon shark ever caught in Alaska. We didn't record it as a record, but it was, wasn't a little bit over the record. It was like 150 pounds, 180 pounds over the record without, with no guts. <laughs> wow. So it was like, it was literally like ridiculously gigantic. Everybody in the boat was excited. They all, you know, everybody was excited, including myself, because I had, being a commercial fisherman, I really enjoyed catching different kinds of fish. And uh, it's always been in my blood. And it took you, what, 13 hours? Is that the no. hot So that 13 hours was, so I don't ever give up. When I, about three years ago, I was out tuna fishing and literally hooked a giant tuna so big that we fought it for 13 and a half hours and we had to leave. And I ended up basically, basically tightening the lineup, had to try to lose it or catch it. And I lost at the last minute, but it was a, it was more than likely a, a state record for the state of California at that time. And uh, I've seen it a ton of times. I've been fishing my whole life. And it was about a 400, around a 400-pound tuna. And at that time, the world record was right at 400, the state record for that particular fish. But I, had, we, I didn't end up landing it. But the point was I didn't give up. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't, you know, that's how it works sometimes. You win some, sometimes you lose some. Sometimes it's just preparing you for the, the next journey in your life. What was the transition like between your career paths? What? So basically, yeah. Yeah. So basically the way I ended up as a, from going from a commercial fisherman to my current position was a long journey, my, but not really in some ways. So the fishing business, the money and I did really well, but... When I got married, I decided, man, everybody here drinks. Every half the people take drugs. Life is, I wanted to, my, didn't want to have kids raised in that environment. Not to mention, I didn't like the idea of waking up at midnight or two o'clock in the morning and leaving my wife. It yeah. wasn't what I got married for. <laughs> my, my wife's name is Becky. And uh, so basically, I told her I was thinking about buying a little pet store that I used to go to that was really had a lot of reptiles. And when that all happened, we ended up like, okay, she had dogs and cats and we did everything. And then at one point it came the realization that the dogs and cats were a lot of work and not making money. And, and, and she was like frustrated and we were struggling and she's like, just do your reptile thing, do whatever you want. And I just kept chasing my reptile dream and that turned into breeding snakes, which turned into YouTube a little bit that turned into teaching educational stuff. Every time there was a great, the funny part is every time that the economy crashed, 
I had to recreate myself. So I was constantly changing my path. It was always down the same road, but I had to like, okay, I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to slow down on this and work on this. So I started doing birthday parties and schools. And then, you know, so I started out, I started out just selling snakes, literally, like at a pet store. And then it turned into breeding snakes. Then it turned into doing these presentations, all that. And then it turned into basically entertainment too, because I started working with like TV shows or, you know, odds and end things. And so it just kind of kept expanding and expanding. And I realized that I needed to flip the whole model, business model over because I don't really want to do the pet thing really, but I'm kind of in it. It's I, I'm not against it. It's just a lot of work and no money. And I, but I love having people, helping people find animals that they love, work with the animals they love, you know, nurture animals and it helps them. It's good for everybody if it's done correctly. And so, I mean, you go home and you pet your dog. It's nice. You go home. We have people that love lizards that do the same thing. You yeah. know what I mean? I literally have a lizard that I was just messing with that somebody showed me that I already knew that if you pet him, he'll stand up because he loves it. <laughs> and then, you know, he kind of sits up and rubs against you. But I didn't know if you stopped, he started bobbing his head. And then if you started, he would go back to his, like, hunched up and eyes closed and enjoy it. And then you stop and he'd start bobbing his head again, like, hey, hey, what about me? And, you know, same thing with a turtle. We have big turtles that you just reach your hand out. They'll walk up and you just start scratching their, their neck and they stand up real tall and they just want you to rub them. And so, you know, I think what? us as people, we enjoy connections. Yeah. Obviously, a connection is a family. To be loved back and forth is the most important thing. But to have a connection with anything that's alive is special. Yes. And I think that we overlook that connection. People people that don't understand animals don't understand that connection. And that's okay. Not everybody needs that connection. And I'm not saying it's a replace a person connection, but it's just another connection. And people like to be connected. Yes. Um, what have come from all of the opportunities that you've had? So one thing I've all I've always been really aggressive at is when opportunities come up, I've always been willing to take a risk and do it. I, I you know, I remember I hadn't traveled ever really, you know, and I got this offer, you know, do you want to come to Africa, you know? And you're like, Africa, that's a long ways away, you know? And I just decided I'm not going to worry about my business. I'm going to take the time. And I was, it worried me. I mean, fear holds everybody back. And anybody that says they don't have fear, they just don't recognize what it is. Fear can be, fear can be like, oh, that ain't a good deal. But deep down inside, you think it could be a good deal, but you think it could be a bad deal. So therefore you don't do it. Yeah. And so sometimes you got to step out. And obviously I'm not telling you to go, oh, that's a horrible deal and go attack it, but don't let yourself talk you out of things because, well, what if, what yeah. if, what if, well, what if is everywhere, you know, it's like, you know, pardon the French, but they, they say excuses are like 
rear ends. Everybody's got one. <laughs> and, and half the time, it actually says a little bit different than that, but we'll leave that out. <laughs> but uh, I find that fear can be hidden really well. And a lot of fears that you don't even know you have exist. You know, you we walk around and we have a worry of, we go online and we're worried if somebody's going to like us the way we are, right? We want to, oh, we'll take that picture just right. Or, you know, oh, well, I don't want to play volleyball with you because I don't feel up to it. But really, you're not very good. And you're worried about looking bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, we're always protecting ourselves. Yeah. And a lot of times that protection avoids us from a lot of opportunity. So I've always been trying to... I've tried to make myself a little bit vulnerable. Like, okay, am I really going to get hurt? Nah. You know, I mean, so what? You know, so what if I'm embarrassed? So what if, you know, so so for perfect, for instance, I walked in a sushi bar one time with my wife and I was watching this show called Right This Minute. And it's a, basically a viral video show on, on, you know, about viral videos on the internet. And I said, I just decided I want to be on there. And my wife said, oh, my gosh, how are you going to get on there? And I said, you know what? I have a video I could probably get on there with right now. But I'm scared of posting it because people might be too negative about it. And it was a snake attacking me. It was a great big giant white snake. And she just nodded her head like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you can do it. And that gave me the guts to go post that video. I promise you that video got 1 billion views 15 years ago. Now, unfortunately, I did get it on my page. I got a million on one, and I think I got 5 million on my other one. But every big page across the... Facebook shared that video. They didn't share it. They just stole it. But, the, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, but I can't tell you how many 10 million views videos that they posted that. And I would go around and people would recognize me from it. And so that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for me taking something I was literally scared to put up and saying, ah, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so there, there's the beginning of 52 million followers. It would have never happened. My first fear moment. And wow. it was scary. It was scared. I was truly scared that people were going to. And you know what's funny? The first 12 hours, I got attacked so hard. Then, then they started being a little bit quiet. And the reason why I was scared to post it was because. I didn't want our industry to be in a bad light. And from that video, I got on a page that had 2 million followers 15 years ago, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And it was a science education page. And I was able to, they, they took all my educational videos and did a big giant article, posted it all over the internet, saying how you can learn anything on the internet, even specialty snakes. And it, and the next day, a couple days later, right this minute, posted my video, called me up and I, and I did a live, I did back then it was Skype. I did a Skype 
and was able to educate everybody about the pythons that I was getting struck at and turn it in, the whole thing flipped on its head and turned into the probably the most educational, positive thing that could ever happen to the whole industry. That's amazing. Back to just facing one fear. You could probably find that that video online. Yeah. The funny part is when it happened, the snake, I ended up doing it and I ended up taking eggs from a snake right in front of, on T, you know, live TV, basically, pulling the eggs from it and telling all about the genetics. And the original post that I posted said, this snake's crazy, but this is not the regular snake, basically. I love snakes, but not this one. And uh, and basically, you're still there, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and basically, I had made an appeal on the video, put up your favorite snake. And when they were on TV, when they were on TV, they scrolled through just hundreds of photos of, of people with their pet snakes and all smiling and happy. So it was just like unbelievable. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, without faith, you can do nothing. You've got to believe in yourself. I believe in more than my personal faith. I believe, you know, some people believe in karma. Some people believe in, you know, that, you know, good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Some people believe in God. Some people don't believe in God. Some people believe in reaping and sowing. But at the end of the day, faith is real. And you could call it whatever you want, manifestation. But if you don't believe you can do it, the first thing that will happen is you'll be right because you will never make it through the tough times to be able to do it. Yes, if you You can't believe if you can't believe in yourself, then nobody else can believe in you. Yeah. Back, back to, back to the big jokey, funny thing with, with, uh, 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 what's his name? I was telling you earlier, uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. First of all, I want to thank me for believing in me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds funny to people that don't understand what he's saying, but it's real. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you have a lot of, um, what would I call these, uh, projects? Yeah, I have a lot of crazy things coming up. The, yeah. Yeah, coming up. I, uh, my life was crazy enough that I wrote a book. Uh, I've actually wrote the book before COVID. I I'm looking forward to reading. I need to rewrite the tail end of it. I'm not rewrite the tale of it, but add some of the crazy stuff that happened at the end of it because it would be a little bit like, whoa, but what about COVID and how did you get through that? Because I almost almost lost my whole business before COVID. And uh, I mean, you know, I have all these animals that I had to feed and take care of for 12 months. To be able to do that was a miracle because my business cost, you know, over a, way over a million dollars a year just to keep the just to keep the animals taken care of and the doors open. And uh, so it wasn't like I could just survive COVID. And the funny part is, is instead of surviving COVID, the year after, the second year of COVID, I, it became my most successful year of my life. And I'm just on top of the world. And it's back to just believing I could keep going and not going, oh, well, you know, it's all over, give up. It's just so over and over, I can't repeat 
how looking impossible means nothing. Just wake up the next day and keep going. And if it falls apart, it doesn't mean it's dead. It just means that it's not dead and you have to believe inside to figure out a way to keep it going and look look at the right angle. It doesn't don't expect anything for free. You have to think a little bit. You gotta believe in it and don't take such big steps that you endanger everything, which I'm not a very good example of that. I'm it, that's just one of those cases of you know, do what I say, don't do what I do. <laughs> because I took way too many risks, but it's still that still just made it almost impossible more, and I still made it. So I'm just trying to tell people to be a little bit more careful. I always, I always say, keep your day job when you're working towards your dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. Finance it on the side. Figure out in the day when you know you can transfer over and do the other one, just do it. Don't be scared to do it, you know? So I have anyway, you did ask me a question. You asked me what's coming up. Well, the book is coming up. Uh, I actually have a, uh, funny enough, is a Roblox uh, game coming out in the next month or so, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And, yeah. And then that's for kids. And uh, I actually hope to write a kid's book with that other book because I want to get the message out there of, you know, kind of what we're talking about. Like, you know, moms and dads think that you got to slam your kid in a mold. They got to go to school. They get nervous when their kid doesn't do well. And I just think if they just love their kid and support them one day, they could. So I will hope that the kid's book would maybe be something that encourages kids that it's okay to be exactly who they are. And that just because they're, they got special qualities doesn't mean that they're not as smart or they all, everybody has something they're special at and they just got to work really hard at what they're good at and enjoy themselves. And I think parents, I want the book to be when parents are reading it, they understand, Hey, take it easy. Your kid will be fine. Just give them some room. And I, so I, I'm hoping to make a book that has that message in a fun way. And, uh, and then, you know, last but not least, working on a reality show. Hopefully that'll all go right. It's looking pretty promising. So maybe everybody will get to watch me on TV and we can build from the 52 million followers to having even more people all over the world having fun. That's awesome. Okay. So this, start wrapping it up. Um, so for the last question, what advice would you give to your 13-year-old self? Man, it's back. There's a little bit of an echo, so I didn't hear it perfect. What advice would you give to your 13 year old self? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. What advice would I give to my 13 year old self? And the funny part is, is when I write my book, I want to change it. I've already written it, but I want to change some of it to explain, like, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. And one of the things I wish I would have told myself was, is how important it is for you to calm down and believe in yourself without needing to defend yourself. Because we use a lot of our energy trying to prove ourselves to other people and we really should be using that energy to do what we believe we should be doing. And it's so easy to waste energy in your life. And probably if I would have been able to really believe that when I was young, it wouldn't have taken me this long to get here, but it's never too late. 
and you and it'll all work out and you just have to keep going keep believing and never give up those are the that's the message i'd want to tell myself and that bad times are only catapults to good times that you will learn from that you would never be able to get to without those bad times so embrace them and they will pass I love that. Well, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. And I bet everybody kind of knows who you are, but do you, where can our listeners find you after so your social media? Every single platform is J at Prehistoric Pets. J Prehistoric Pets, excuse me. It's just at J Prehistoric Pets. That's Facebook, Snapchat. Instagram, TikTok, all the same. And uh, my daughter's is the reptile zoo. And that's, of course, the reptile zoo that we're talking about that I built in the last 15 years. Yes. Of course, with my daughter's help. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this interview with us. And sorry for all the technical difficulties. Um, I don't care. This is. Remember. Nothing good comes without problems. Yes. <laughs> so this is one of our best episodes. Have, there you go. So you see how that works? Yes. It's almost predicted. Now yeah. you can cut it up, make it a little better than you maybe would have, and you'll have a great podcast, and and uh, hopefully it'll help build your podcast to a higher, better place, and you can get more people to you know, be inspired. Yes. yes. Thank you so much again. Okay. Have a great day and and day. Take care, you guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.